Welcome to Five Lives to 50, the sustainability podcast for product managers. I am Shelley Metcalf, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Jim Fava and Neil D'Souza. And today in episode seven, we're excited to have a special guest join us to share his experience and perspective on product sustainability. Bruce Allman works for BASF, which is the largest chemical producer in the world. He has worked there for over 28 years, starting as a process chemical engineer, and now he leads their applied sustainability team in North America. Welcome, Bruce, to our, our podcast. Thanks, Shelley. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. And hello, Jim and Neil. It's a pleasure to be here. I've enjoyed your uh, Five Lives to 50 podcast, so hopefully we can uh, contribute some uh, interesting information and some useful information to your product managers out there about uh, how we can integrate sustainability more deeply into their their products and their decision-making and their customer engagements. It's an honor to have you here. Just to follow up on me as, as well, I just, Bruce and I have known each other for a long time and worked together, and I'm really looking forward to ha- having our conversation and you know, a lot of interaction back and forth to really drive what is the role of the product manager to create more sustainable products. Yeah, as you know, this podcast is all about enabling product managers to improve their ability to embed sustainability into their products. Bruce, with all of your experience, what are some of the reasons you see product managers are embedding sustainability into products for? Sustainability, I think, among other topics that we have within our companies like safety and quality, but sustainability right now is really a, a critical aspect that they really need to get their handle on um, and how that's being integrated into their product and into their engagement with their customers. We have such huge challenges as a society today with growing populations and, and climate change. And product managers really need to understand how their products can contribute to uh, resolving a lot of these issues and how even at the product level, they're supporting their customers and helping them meet their own sustainability targets and challenges. So it can be an overwhelming task, but I think there are a lot of tools and best practices out there utilizing, say, lifecycle assessment that will enable them to gather a better, deeper insight more science-based and quantification around sustainability that they can take internally and really work within their entire organization, whether it's working with their supply chain and understanding how that's contributing to their sustainable attributes or working with their R&D program or working with their sales and marketing team. Bruce, just to ask you, have you seen any any examples of where product managers have actually done this and and seen success like the way you have at BSF? Yeah. I think the biggest challenge is that because sustainability can be a kind of a nebulous term, has so many different meanings, depending on what product you have, what your market sector is, what region of the world you're in, even how your customers and your suppliers are defining sustainability, that that can be overwhelming. So you really need to be able to quantify and define what sustainability means for your product and for your application. And once you've defined it, then you can measure it. And once you can measure it, then you have the data to support linking that to what's important to your customer, and then also linking that to attributes that you're getting within your supply chain and down the value chain. So I think defining it and having the framework to assess it in really a comprehensive way. So I think product managers, in many cases, maybe just looking at their product in a traditional manner, looking at the technical attributes they have and what they've been doing previously that may have been successful. But sustainability brings a whole new perspective to things. They need to educate themselves on what these other attributes are, how sustainability is really embedded within their product, 
and they need to be able to assess that. And I think we've developed a lot of frameworks within BASF that's providing us that rigorous, comprehensive, and reproducible framework that's also transparent on how we define and measure and create value through these solutions. We understand where the impacts are occurring throughout the value chain. And we also see where the trade-offs are occurring because we also want to make sure that the competition is out there, there's changing regulatory frameworks. So we need to understand both the value creation of our products and also the risk. And I think you need this comprehensive framework of how you're integrating that in product development and how you integrate that in your communications with your customers. In my experience with BSF, there's been things that you've done ahead of other companies. You know, I sort of talk about thinking about it being proactive in some of the tools and methodology and so forth. How did you get the company from a culture standpoint? Now, you personally, but what was the sort of the process that the company went through to move from just sort of thinking about often chemical companies are reactive to things to, to BSF became a leader? From um, the yeah. chemical company to the, what, what was it? A sustainable chemical, chemicals for the sustainable future. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. That was exactly. it, right? So, yeah, that was, I think, yeah, I can add clarity to that. So I think that was really a defining moment. And to your point, Jim, I think to be successful uh, and being proactive really came from our senior management, from our board, when we changed our branding from the chemical company to we create chemistry for a sustainable future. So it really brought focus into the value that BASF, but then also our solutions, which are our products, are bringing to society and the value they create for society and for our customers. So I think having that senior management change our focus around sustainability, we had the trickle-down effect throughout our entire organization that we really needed to embed sustainability in everything we do, whether it's our project approval process within operations, procurement but specifically in product development. So we needed to understand the drivers of sustainability now at the product level and how our products are impacting sustainability, not just within our own operations, but throughout the entire value chain. So it expanded the view, perhaps, that the product manager wasn't looking in that full perspective and in a different way. So that's really the one of the benefits when we developed the Sustainable Solution Steering Program, which we enabled the product manager now to look differently. He wasn't just selling a chemical, but he was selling a a solution, a chemistry that was impacting sustainability at the customer level, at the consumer level, and having impacts upstream in supply chain and maybe downstream at the end of life. So having that structured framework enabled them to really assess things, quantify things, and be able to put a line in the sand of where you are now and how you need to innovate innovate now to improve that going forward, depending on what your customer needs are, the changing in the market drivers. If I understand that with Triple S, there is, you know, you can get classified your product into one of five categories, and the Pioneer was the number one, and I think Challenge is, is the bottom. It seemed to me that that became a, an internal driver for change. Not that it was only internal, but the, ex, the internal driver came from all these external things that were were happening in the marketplace based on the triple S sort of approach methodology. But if I'm a product manager and my product falls in the, the rich to be called the accelerator now as a pioneer, I'm probably good. I'm going to get more investment money and, and looking better in the, in the company. If I'm a product manager on a uh, challenge product down at the bottom, what does that mean to me? I mean, am I, is that a catalyst to tra- change? Am I more likely to change because of that? As I had mentioned before, and as you pointed out, having that structured framework of how you're assessing your product, 
in the region that you are, because there could be different regulations, different customer demands, the competitive landscape could be different. So all these are influencing whether your product has a distinct advantage out there, or maybe there are some challenges that you see from the competitive or regulatory side. So you need to be able to identify those and then put a game plan in place in two years and three years. Maybe it's because of a chemical of concern. Maybe it's some other regulatory issue. You need to be understand how you can adapt to that and be able to be proactive in addressing that and not reactive when the regulations come out and you find out that you have a serious issue with your product. So I think it's enabling us to be proactive in anticipating, um, but mm-hmm. also very proactive from the positive side in identifying a more comprehensive value proposition that our product has relative to the competitive landscape, how it's linked to what's important to our customer in the market, and enables us to have a new value proposition and be able to articulate that clearly and concisely to our customers. So when you assess sustainability and you're using lifecycle-based tools, lifecycle thinking, it can be kind of complex. And the maturity level is evolving and it's getting a lot more mature here, but still, There's a lot of misunderstanding, misperceptions about chemistries and value proposition and upstream and downstream impacts and life cycle assessment. But, you know, having a framework like sustainable solution steering enable us to condense that, make it concise, and really enable us to create value with our customers with that and market differentiation. Bruce, if you were to if you were to describe for our listeners in you know three or four sentences what this portfolio framework is, because I think we we talked about challenged product categories and leader uh, product categories, uh, just so that you know the listeners know what what we're talking about, it would be great if you could just describe that. Yeah, so the framework that we have and it's it's out there that other companies can adapt. It's uh, portfolio steering. You can get that from the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, BSF, uh, has that program when we call it our branded triple S. So it really enables us and you get a, a collaborative effort of people together, of experts, where you're really assessing your product solution in a specific application in a specific region. So it takes a, a chemical and looks at its application and really assesses it in all three pillars of sustainability. So this is where we're branching out. It's not just a product carbon footprint assessment, but you're looking at multi-attribute environmental impacts. You're also looking at the economic value creation that that product could be having over its life cycle with your customers or consumers or at end of life. And then you're also looking at social aspects as well. So we've integrating, aligning an assessment of how that product could be contributing to some of the UN sustainable development goals. So you get this very comprehensive assessment, and then you compare that against the competitive products that are out there in the marketplace, and you see where you differentiate positively or maybe where you have some drawbacks as well. So we've quantified those products that have a very distinct and measurable advantage in the marketplace as these pioneers. We see ones that are contributing to a lot of these demands that are out there with regards to climate change and renewable resources as pioneers or performers. But then we also look at products that we've identified some challenges with and have a game plan to reconcile that. And those are like the challenge products. This is so cool. I mean, as a product manager, this is, you know, if you're if you're looking at portfolios, even the ability to say, what what is good? What does my portfolio look like? Is it good? Is it bad? I think having such a framework that takes this multifaceted view and what is also very interesting is the point that it's taking into account where that product is used. 
in which industry, so what's the use case, and of, of course also in which geography, because where it is used also plays a crucial role. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that we covered very often uh, a, couple, a number of times in our podcast, that when product managers design their products, if you're looking at a car, for example, the same model will lead a completely different life depending on where you sold it. Driving a car in Germany will be very different than driving it in Norway, which is very different than driving it in Texas. And the fact that this kind of looking at your product portfolio from this perspective, where will my product be used? Not just what it took to make that product. We find repeating a repeating theme in this podcast and with examples that we've taken from, from the real world until now. Yeah. And I really, I think that having a framework like that and then having a process that goes through where it's a collaborative effort, helping that product manager, he doesn't need to do this all himself because in order to assess his mm-hmm. needability, you need that holistic perspective. So you need your people from product development in, people who have market insights, people who are experts in your supply chain and sourcing of these raw materials. You all collectively go together and assess that application understanding the competitive landscape and the regulations you're bringing people in from your environmental health and safety group, people from operations and seeing how your operation resource efficiency, energy efficiency programs are helping to contribute to your products differentiation. So you're collectively looking and assessing this together and you're doing it on a regular basis. The marketplace is dynamic. Things are changing. Your competition is is out there as well. And your customers are evolving too. So uh, this is a program that it's not very static, but it's dynamic. You're doing this on an annual basis and really recertifying and verifying that your product still has these sustainable attributes and benefits in that market application. What's neat about that, Bruce, is that you have the the tools and the technologies and all the knowledge, but you also need to have the change management process in place. So all that's accepted. And the Triple S does provide a nice mechanism to provide that sort of that structure. But even that, you still, even with that structure, you still need to have the operational and the cultural uh, dynamics. And BSF has done a wonderful job. And as we talked over the years, I mean, you've got good examples of what you've done and the role you play. Uh, so it's good. You got to have the culture and change management and you have to have the, the IT and technology to go with it. And that's one of, one of the reasons why Neil and I have sort of come together on the podcast. Neil brings a solid knowledge of the IT and the the tools and the data kind of thing. And I bring more of the change management process. So it's a, a nice combination. And I think what you've been doing in BSF is a nice and excellent way of beginning to bridge that gap as well between all the science and engineering, you know, environmental sustainability on one side, and then the product manager on the other, you're able to make that communication and become a great translator to really enable a lot of this to happen in the role mm-hmm. that you play. Yeah. And all that is, by, I think, benefited too by our C-suite and executives really supporting the, fr- the dis- establishment of these frameworks and getting everyone rowing in the same direction with our purpose and that we all need to understand how we're contributing to sustainability. And it's not just the product managers, but it's a collaborative effort working together to really drive sustainability improvements to the current solutions we have, but innovation and bringing the next level of innovative pioneer solutions out there as well. Yeah, just one quick, quick comment on that. You know, I was part of the Stakeholder Advisory Council, and we met with the executive team for a day and a half, CO down, and it was they, they listened, they asked questions, uh, and it was a great form. Clearly, it was that C-level commitment. You could see it roll down through the entire organization. 
there does seem to be an overwhelming scope that the product managers need to consider to manage sustainability at the product level. From your experience, what initial actions should a product manager take, for example, on Monday morning, to further embed sustainability into the innovation and stage gate process? As we discussed, I think in many cases, product managers today could feel overwhelmed with all the information that they potentially would need to assess. And we're talking about value chains and supply chains, customers, end of life regulations. They can be overwhelmed, but I think they have to look at another perspective and be really excited on Monday morning when they get up, looking at that glass half full or maybe almost totally full because sustainability is a game changer for their product. You can really differentiate in the marketplace and demonstrate value to your customer in a whole new way. And who doesn't want to bring a new story to their customer? And who also doesn't want to bring a product that you can take to your customer and say, see how this product is really aligned to what you view as important for sustainability? This is how this product is going to contribute to you meeting your aggressive sustainability targets. So it's a great story to tell, but it's also going to help grow your business. And there's a support network out there. Your customers and your suppliers really want to work with you in managing sustainability across their value chains. So it's not like you're working against them. They all want to work together. So you can be collaborative with your suppliers and with your customers. You're all going in the same direction to try to put solutions in the marketplace for consumers that are really addressing these challenges that we discussed before. And you don't need to be overwhelmed, too, with all this data that you may need, because I think, in my experience, most of this data already exists within our companies. Yeah? You know, you are measuring energy and raw material, your bill of materials, where you're getting this stuff. It may need to be organized, may need to be consolidated, but a lot of this information currently exists, and there are framework and tools that will help us process that information, whether it's a life cycle assessment that can really begin to quantify these from a sustainability standpoint. So you really don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are a lot of methodologies and frameworks out there and tools that can help assess all this information. So don't be overwhelmed. And I think the first step you can take with a smile on your face is just go to your own internal company's website and learn what your own company is doing around sustainability. When you're armed with that information, go to your customer, your customer's website. Keep it simple. Look at what how they're defining sustainability. Uh, look what's important to them, where their goals are, what their targets are, and then make that simple connect the dots to how your product contributes to those things. And if you don't know that, then start asking questions internally. Reach out to your LCA experts, reach out to your sustainability experts and say, hey, how do my products contribute to these environmental metrics and targets that my customer is seeing is important to them? So you have a great opening for your product management meeting. And if you find some areas where you're not contributing, Maybe take that back to your innovation and R&D team and say, hey, my product doesn't seem to be contributing these areas to what's important to my customer. How can we reinvent or, you know, remeasure these things to see how we can uh, help and support our customer in those areas? So I would think Monday morning, be excited. Sustainability is here. It's only going to grow and be more important because they also need to realize, too, that their competition is also addressing sustainability and their customer is very active and interested in this area. And they want to work with suppliers who are aligned with them with sustainability and can support them. So if you're lagging in the industry, your customer is going to go with somebody else. But if you're a demonstrated leader and you're providing information, science-based, credible, transparent information about sustainability, your customers are going to want to work with you and you're going to differentiate yourself 
And a product manager is going to love that. So I think be excited. Keep it simple as you become educated about all this information is out there. But just try to link to what's important to your customer and use the existing frameworks and, and information you have within your customers to start you know, connecting the dots and see where you're adding value to your customer there. And I, I think they'll be encouraged by the results because I think it'll enhance the customer experience and meetings that they're having. Um, so I think this will propel them to to want to learn more and to re-engage this process more deeply in their product development process and also in their customer engagements. Yeah, Bruce, I mean, you said two things, ask and learn. And, you know, as a product manager, I sort of need to learn about this thing called sustainability. Uh, what the company's doing, I thought that was good, but also what your customers are doing. And by doing that, you you ask questions. You don't go into the customer necessary with a preconceived pitch and you have that in the back of your mind, but you all you ask questions. You understand where they are, where they're thinking, what they're doing in this uh, in the sustainability area as well. And then once you have that information, you can analyze it and then be come back and you know with a little bit more focused on uh, on your story line. So I do like the storyline. I like the fact that we need to learn as a product manager and then we need to use that learning by asking the appropriate questions that positioned yourself for a competitive advantage with your with your customers. So that's what I like to sort of you got to learn and ask questions of the two two sort of things that I need to be able to focus in on Monday morning. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. Bruce, I have one 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 question, right? So what given the environment that we see right now is very different from a decade ago. There's a lot more regulation, there's a lot more demand for these kind of sustainable products. There is a lot more willingness to pay for more sustainable products. Uh, there's a lot less, or let's say, a lot more intolerance for products that are that are considered unsustainable. If you were to, if you were to go to a shop and you saw a product that said this has child, this child labor was, was used in creating this product, you would obviously not buy it, right? Whatever the price. And this is becoming more and more transparent. In the past, you didn't need to say that, and now you do with new regulations. Is there a price to pay for product managers not taking action on Monday morning? Absolutely. And I, I think you articulated pretty clearly some of the potential risks of not really understanding the broader aspect of their product isn't just the plant within their company that produces their product, but they have to understand their supply chain risks of where they're sourcing their raw materials. Where are they coming from? Are they sustainably produced? Are there issues like you mentioned about child labor or conflict minerals? But they also need to understand too that there's the risks of you know what the competition is doing out there and that they really need to be able to communicate the sustainability and differentiate their product going forward to their customers. It's both looking at the risk mitigation side, but also the value creation and really being able to enable your customer then sure. providing them as in our cases here, we're a raw material supplier, but I think our solutions are really enabling our customer to articulate sustainability benefits to as a brand owner to the consumers that you can actually make claims. And we see a lot of claims in the consumer side around products that have sustainable attributes. Products are now being labeled with reduced product carbon footprints, low product carbon footprints. So uh, I think it's very imperative for companies like BASF and others to really add credible information into this at science-based so that we are supporting credible claims out there in the marketplace and that we're adhering to these guidelines like the Federal Trade Commission, the green guides out there about making claims around products there. So LCA 
And using science-based approaches is really helping support that and enabling us to really mitigate risk, but create value as well. All right. Great examples, insight, and uh, practical suggestions for product managers. Thank you all for the conversation today. Lots of value, I think, came out of this. We'll be interviewing more professionals from the product sustainability space from multinational companies this season. So stay tuned for those episodes coming up. And please write to us and let us know what you learned or found valuable from our interview with Bruce. You can reach us at contact at 5lives50.com or you can reach out to us on LinkedIn. See you next time.